Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. In our continuing study of different areas of paranormal research and studies, we bring on another genuine academic, Professor Paul Kingsbury. He's a professor of geography at Simon Fraser University in British Columbia, Canada. And we're going to focus on a specific project he did regarding the paranormal culture. And before I ask you about that, Paul, can you tell us what got you interested at all in these subjects to pursue this further? Well, first of all, Gene, thanks for having me on the show. I think I'm pretty uh, orthodox, quite normal in terms of how I got into these topics, uh, because ever since I was a child, I was very interested in the mysterious, uh, the paranormal. Uh, I grew up in the southwest of uh, England in a town called Gloucester in the near uh, crop circle country. So uh, most of the crop circles, as many of your listeners may know, occur in the county of Wiltshire. So during the 80s, this was a really uh, big phenomenon uh, in England. And so I was, uh, there's a geography right there, I was proximate to that phenomenon. But I was very influenced by, uh, you know, the ghost stories in uh, England. Uh, and then when I moved to the uh, U.S. for my graduate studies. I went to the University of Kentucky. Uh, I became a, a fan of uh, Coast to Coast AM, uh, the radio show. So that kind of deepened my interest in the topic. I'm, I'm always uh, curious about uh, uh, the world around us. I have a profound belief that there are a lot that miracles happen and there's, uh, there's more to uh, meets the eye when it become, comes to uh, where we live. Now, in terms of that, have you ever had an experience that you would call paranormal? Yeah, so uh, whenever I, I speak to uh, the people I work with, and so I often, uh, and my research isn't so much researching on people, uh, I like to consider it as a collaborative project, so with people. And so many of the uh, UFO, ghost, Sasquatch investigators, these are the three main areas I'm in uh, research in, they get involved in these fields because of a very profound experience, maybe multiple experiences, maybe uh, when they were a child and they may have stopped. But one thing that unites them is this uh, certainty that something extraordinary happened. Uh, for myself, I mean, I've encountered some strange uh, things that we may uh, touch upon later in the, the show, but I have yet to uh, have a, a life-transforming or an inexplicable experience or encounter that I, I think, yes, they exist, the ghosts, the UFOs, or Sasquatch. I mean, I've seen uh, strange lights in the sky with some of the sky watchers I've been working with, uh, Charles Lamoureux in Vancouver. Several weeks ago, I went on a Bigfoot expedition, and we, uh, we found some uh, large footprints, uh, allegedly juvenile Sasquatches in the woods uh, near Chehalis Lake in British Columbia. Uh, but unlike some of my colleagues, in fact, in academia, in geography, and also uh, my parents, other family members and friends, I haven't been kind of knocked off my feet in terms of a paranormal encounter. But that's not to say I don't think they exist or are real. Well, of course, we've had some people on the show in the last couple of weeks that people regard as perhaps being too skeptical. But certainly one should be skeptical of anything that 
is a strange event. You just don't accept things because they're strange or fascinating. Right. In academia, uh, often the, the narrative is that academics uh, kind of stay away from uh, these controversial topics. Uh, I have to say, Gene, though, um, in the past decade or so, there's been a, a growth of research on paranormal cultures. Um, so um, about five years ago, there was a, a book published called um, Paranormal Cultures, and it was written by numerous uh, researchers in social science and the humanities on uh, paranormal uh, topics. Uh, but generally, uh, academics approach uh, these things through the lens of uh, folklore, TV shows, you know, ghost uh, reality uh, TV shows of, of hunters. But what I was interested in was um, actually studying uh, the lived spaces, the, the real life uh, people who devote considerable uh, amount of their time, money, and effort in studying uh, paranormal phenomena. So I, kind of, I think my project is somewhat unique in terms of actually uh, studying with people in real life. I, I think it's been received very well in terms of my conference presentations and also a, uh, a, a paper which will be published on a crop circle conference I attended. A crop circle conference. What yeah. is your take on crop circles? Well, there's numerous explanations for what uh, makes them. Of course, some of them will be hoaxed. But what I find interesting is that, you know, they've done experiments. National Geographic did this where... Uh, I think it was about five or six people made a 180-foot diameter crop circle overnight in England. But then you have other formations uh, here. I think of the, the, the famous galaxy formation near Milk, Milk Hill in the early 2000s, which was much, much larger than the one that was made by humans. It had far many uh, more uh, circles. It was more complex. And so... There is a mystery there that some of these circles have not been accounted for in terms of uh, made by humans. Uh, at least no one has stepped forward to say, uh, we made that galaxy formation or uh, this is how we do it. Uh, you know, you've got uh, during the 90s, there was Doug and Dave who came out and said, we made all the crop circles in England. But when they retired, the, the crop circles kept on uh, appearing. Uh, so I think it's a genuine mystery. And, um, you know, like many of the topics in my project, I'm keeping an open mind or I'm not really trying to explain the phenomena, but rather to take seriously the, the many uh, explanations and narratives that surround these phenomena. Now, it comes to crop circles. If those two people were responsible for making most of them, wouldn't that just indicate, well, either they were lying or other people were in the background waiting to take over yeah there, there could be uh, other people involved um you know this is one of the topics of the conference was the uh uh the, the controversies surrounding some of the, the the circles uh many of the researchers there pointed towards the uh the natural or genuine crop circles would often have a brushed appearance in terms of their stalks uh, there's been laboratory work done uh, in Australia, other places are comparing the crop yields between crops inside and outside the circle. And yeah, in terms of the, uh, if, if uh, significant numbers of people involved, then, uh, you know, one thing that I recall was that, well, the likelihood of someone uh, blabbing, you know, open up their mouths about the secret uh, is, is highly likely. Um, 
you know, this galaxy formation uh, it would it, it, approximately it would take uh, about 50, 60 uh, people to make such an elaborate and large size. And this is uh, even more befuddling given the uh, five hours or so maximum time to do this under darkness uh, in, in the English uh, summer. So then the artistry becomes a factor here that makes it more mysterious. Why would they take credit for it if it's something they can't do without a huge team of people? That's a fascinating thing to bring up. Yeah, but- this was uh, it's one of the surprises at the conference um, was the, the emphasis on their beauty. Uh, so Callan Alexander was one of the organizers, and they have this each year. Uh, I uh, participated in a sacred geometry workshop, and she uh, took us through the sacred numbers from 1 to 13 and how each of uh, the crop circles, uh, the genuine ones, the obviously not uh, fake ones, uh, could be understood through in terms of their design uh, mapping onto a sacred number. Let's do our break here. We've got Professor Paul Kingsbury. We're talking about the culture of the paranormal, focusing now on crop circles. Paul, Gene, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. 
There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Professor Paul Kingsbury is here. His study of our crazy paranormal culture and the organizations and everything. And we got into crop circles. And we're talking about some of the contradictions here. How can people say, hey, we did all these crop circles, but the artistry involved is far beyond what they can do in a short period of time. Let's go on. Yeah, so in the uh, the Sacred Geometry Workshop uh, ran by the conference organizer, Callan Alexander, uh, there was about 15 of us or so and we, uh, she taught us about the, the various uh, meanings of the numbers which could map onto the kind of uh, centers. A circle always has a center, and the different designs of the crops would have different numbers of centers that could be then interpreted by these sacred numbers. And she uh, showed how in, in many natural phenomena, such as seashells all the way up to galaxies, you you find these uh, certain structures, uh, Fibonacci numbers, for example, the golden mean uh, within these structures. And it's the same with crop circles. So the purpose was not simply to interpret the uh, crop circles in terms of the sacred numbers, but it was through drawing them with uh, pens and compasses, pencils, that we could become more intimate with, connected to the crop circle as well. And so there was a big emphasis, Gene, on their beauty uh, their aesthetics, as well as the kind of mysterious etiology or the causes of the crop circles. And so many of the, the attendees of the conferences were, were, were in awe with their, their beauty as much as the, the question of how they were formed. So the larger question arises here. If it's not being done by a couple of people claiming that they're the artists who did it, 
Yeah, so one of the uh, discussions concerned how of those people who have uh, seen a crop circle form, and there have been people, uh, about 50, uh, typically it involves a, a sudden flattening of the crop. Uh, some, this happens quite quickly, uh, according to the witnesses. Uh, one would have to consider the role of the, of the earth itself, the ground. The county of Wiltshire, which has a vast majority of the crop circles that appear in the world, uh, is also a sacred landscape. It allegedly contains underground uh, energy fields known as ley lines. And so if it's not done by humans, then a crop circle may involve certain energies being transmitted through the, uh, the earth, uh, perhaps even from its uh, core, which uh, some people believe is uh, made out of, of iron. So it is then uh, possible that the crop circles are, are a kind of uh, uh, mysterious uh, natural event that we simply haven't uh, understood. So is ET doing it or is there an ET that's, to, that's even available to do it? Yeah, so uh, theories that these, uh, it's not just, uh, you know, done by unknown laws of nature, supernatural, but also perhaps uh, ETs. Uh, there's also various light phenomena, orbs, which have been seen in the vicinity of crop circles. One of these is captured on, on video. It's on YouTube. The speculation over ETs. There's also the other otherworldly messages in crop circles, which often invoke uh, figures of aliens. Uh, there's uh, intergalactic uh, messages uh, based upon some of the Apollo probes we've sent into space. So there's, uh, I mean, that that is on the table as well. And I think this is what makes it so uh, interesting: is the, the 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 vast range of the theories behind the crop circles from. Uh, underground uh, streams beneath the chalk of Wiltshire to uh, extraterrestrial visitors or perhaps visitors who have been uh, on Earth before uh, human civilization began to. So how far back do we date crop circles? Um, I think the uh, first documented uh, crop circle, people always refer to a a pamphlet uh, in England during the 16th century. Uh, and there you see a kind of a sketch of a, uh, a, a kind of crop circle, and it was aligned with uh, devilish activity, a kind of uh, enlaced within the, uh, uh, the profane uh, inscribing itself within the landscape. So they go back to the 16th century. There's also been uh, reports in, uh, throughout the world, including uh, parts of Africa, uh, where uh, Zulu cultures have witnessed uh, the formation of uh, circles as well. Uh, so they, they're at least uh, centuries old, but the, uh, they've undoubtedly really came to prominence uh, during the 1980s in England and Wiltshire. So they have historical precedents, but it's only in the past two decades that they've really increased in numbers and in the past decade, particularly uh, increased in, in the, the elaborate designs. But is there a specific reason, you think, why it seems to be mostly in that one part of the world? Yeah, so to, I think you have to consider the, the sacred landscape of Wiltshire. So the, there are many uh, Neolithic sites in this part of England. Uh, the Stonehenge is in the vicinity. Uh, there's Avebury as well, which used to be actually bigger than Stonehenge uh, in Neolithic times. So I would imagine that 
this part of the world has gathered together ancient cultures. Uh, uh, one, one theory is that Stonehenge is actually a fertility site whereby uh, people would bring grain seeds to this site and they would uh, increase the yields of the grain. Uh, it could be connected to the sacred uh, landscape as well, and, and, and people have uh, suggested this is a key feature. So I think that's a reasonable uh, supposition and, uh, and certainly an interesting one. Well, it's interesting here that we started to talk about the culture, and now we're getting into crop circles. And that's something I kind of didn't expect, but I'm happy to see that. So from there, do you see any connection at all between the crop circle phenomenon and all this other stuff we look into, like UFOs? Yeah, so it's interesting to me uh, when I attend, say, a UFO conference. I've been to uh, the uh, the MUFON conference once when it was held in uh, Irvine, California. And near where you are, Gene, I went to uh, 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 Scottsdale uh, for the Open Minds uh, International UFO Congress meeting. And often in speaking with uh, my interviewees, people who participate in the conferences, you get crossovers between... Uh, different paranormal genres. So I remember one uh, interview concerned the witnessing of a, of a Bigfoot near a, a, of a UFO, a spacecraft. Uh, and, if, and during the Crop Circle Conference last uh, year, uh, there was positing of uh, alien activity in, in uh, uh, spaceships. So, yes, I, you, you cannot neatly separate these phenomena together. They often collide, overlap. Uh, Bigfoot is a good example here. You you get uh, considerable debates uh, between those people who think uh, Bigfoot is, uh, is a flesh and bone hominid, and other people who uh, you know affirm the the woo factor, the uh, the notion that Bigfoot is essentially an interdimensional being. So I think they're all connected up insofar as they uh, have so far defied. Uh, explanation in terms of uh, known laws of nature and science science we've got professor paul kingsbury on the paracast and randall and gene you're in the paracast thank you for listening to gcn be sure to visit gcnlive.com today this is Fred. Uh, hi, I'm Fred. Fred's a repeater. I tend to repeat. Fred has a business. I do have a business. And a problem. Fred repeats the same tired advertising over and over, and now it doesn't work. Over and over. But Fred is about to see a vision. I'm seeing a vision. Advertising on the Genesis Communications Network is the smart way for Fred to reach his potential customers with the most affordable national advertising rates, period. Get started today with GCN, the Genesis Communications Network. Just email advertise at GCNlive.com. When you use public Wi-Fi, hackers and identity thieves can see anything you do online. Embarrassing photos, your web history, even your passwords. That's why I use private internet access to encrypt my internet connection for less than 10 cents a day. Sign up now at privateinternetaccess.com and in just a few minutes, you'll be browsing anonymously and only sharing what you want to share. Privateinternetaccess.com. It's time to protect your online privacy. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. Republicans are now in control of the White House, the House, the Senate, and the Supreme Court. 
President Trump has been speaking about this at a rally in Kansas. Just a few hours ago, the U.S. Senate confirmed Judge Brett Kavanaugh to the United States Supreme Court. Protesters from both sides chanted at the Supreme Court and the Capitol. Sergeant-at-arms will restore order in the gallery. The Senate barely confirmed Brett Kavanaugh after sexual misconduct allegations surfaced. Vice President Mike Pence officiated. On this vote, the ayes are 50, the nays are 48. You're listening to USA Radio News. If you're over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days, I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. A free book to help you maximize your retirement income from television host and three-time author Josh Melberg has been released. This book reveals little-known truths about annuity strategies in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we are about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known secrets we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity. Call 800-985-1813 now and you'll receive a free copy of Josh Milberg's book, Next Gen Annuity Strategies Revealed. As a bonus, we'll also send you a copy of The Number One Mistakes Retirees Are Making With Their Investments Today and a free DVD on how you can get up to 33% more income in retirement. Call 800-985-1813 now. Again, that's 800-985-1813. Employees of J.D. Milberg Financial have the appropriate licenses for the products they offer. Message and data rates may apply. Please don't text while driving. If you've been in business more than 20 minutes, you've probably printed your logo on all kinds of promotional products. We all know logos work because they're on everything from the top of skyscrapers to the bottom of shoes. Ever wondered why or how to best use your logo to grow your business? Let us show you today for free. We're 4imprint, promotional product experts at your service. We're giving away the latest issue of Amplify the digital magazine that reveals promotional product success stories absolutely free to everyone who texts UP77 to 88988. At 4imprint, we make your logo look perfect on thousands of promotional items. With our 100% guarantee, it'll be right the first time, on time, every time. Your free e-magazine will reveal invaluable insights that can attract new customers, build your brand, and grow your business. Get the latest issue of Amplify absolutely free by texting UP77 to 88988. That's UP77 to 88988. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. like to remind our listeners we have a second radio show called after the paracast it's a wrap-up show sometimes it's a continuation of the existing episode and it's all available if you subscribe to the paracast plus paracast plus also offers the ad-free version of this show to check it out go to plus.theparacast.com plus.theparacast.com professor paul kingsbury is here and he's an academic and we don't see lots of people who have academic credentials getting involved in paranormal research. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think uh, typically um, the, when it comes to studying paranormal uh, phenomena, I mean, in the, during the 50s and 60s, there were universities uh, in North America, for example, who were interested in parapsychology. So 
This is also the height of the, uh, the flying saucer phenomenon. So the, the, there is a history of uh, academic study in anomalous phenomena, but I think during the 70s, 80s, uh, science, you know, kind of for whatever reason, uh, academic scientists uh, dismissed such phenomena, and so uh, it became a kind of fringe area of study. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, social scientists like myself have, uh, are still intrigued and take seriously the importance of the paranormal uh, in people's uh, experiences in social understandings of the world and, and cultural formations. So uh, there's a split then between uh, science, science and academia uh, that shuns uh, or is skeptical of uh, such phenomena versus uh, humanities uh, social scientists who uh, actually take it quite seriously. That comes as a surprise to me because you hear so much that very few scientists consider UFOs. But is it really, or any of the other subjects, but is it also partly because they look at us as being kind of weird people? You know, you'd have to speak to scientists themselves to take that on. Um, but, on but on the other hand, if you, if you look at quantum physicists like uh, Michio Kaku, who has uh, talked about the likelihood of multiverses, there are realms of science which are fully invested into the strange uh, fabric of the universe. And so in a sense, the, the notion of the paranormal is that which can't be scientifically explained, but certain branches of science are very interested in the paradoxical uh, formations of the universe. So it's uh, important, I think, not to uh, kind of make science into this monolithic entity, but rather to appreciate that science is always kind of evolved and, and uh, transformed as it butts up against that which can't be explained. So there's a lot of uh, uh, research on uh, the contingencies of science, the accidents of science. We shouldn't separate or make oppositional the, the paranormal and science too much, although uh, I think you're right, Gene, that there is a kind of distanciation or skepticism towards serious academic study of certain paranormal topics. What do you think of us? people getting involved in this field. Are we any way different from anybody else? I like that question because uh, one of my main arguments is that uh, UFO conferences are uh, essentially uh, the same as academic conferences, albeit they have different topics. So like academic conferences, you go to a UFO conference, you get your tote bag uh, full of swag, you get your name tag, you attend paper sessions, awards, banquets, there'll be uh, late night uh, hotel lobby bar uh, discussions, different theories of, of ET and so on. I'm struck and I argue this uh, when I present papers that the paranormal field uh, is like a, a parallel universe to the academics. So in academia, and, I'm sh and I know in uh, paranormal uh, cultures, you get some uh, interesting characters, people uh, drift towards different theories and attracted towards different kinds of people and figures. So I, I really don't see much difference in terms of when it comes to people, in terms of whether they study uh, physics, chemistry, or whether they're engaged in tracking uh, Sasquatch or understanding the lights over Phoenix and uh, uh, potential uh, explanations for that. What about the Phoenix lights? That certainly has became a big issue years ago, and it remains a big issue with some people who continue to investigate it and try to find more things about it than we originally expected. Yeah, it's a, it's an exemplary uh, event. What uh, strikes me is the multiple witnesses uh, regarding this event, and also what's interesting is the response to the event. Uh, I think during a 
a news conference. There was uh, maybe a, an official who kind of ridiculed it with the alien uh, mask or outfit. And, and so many uh, ufologists were kind of dismayed by uh, that treatment. It's, it's relatively recent uh, as, a, as a phenomenon. Uh, and so it's uh, a localized event as well. So it's a good example here of a, of a geography of a, of a UFO event where it uh, appears over an urban city. Uh, it's uh, kind of uh, uh, constrained temporally in terms of how long it lasted and also the space. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good one for sure, Gene. Do you subscribe to the possibility of window areas? Window areas? They seem to attract more UFO and other kind of paranormal activity. Oh, okay. Regarding UFOs, uh, I'm familiar with the term uh, flap areas uh, or flaps, whether there be a, a spatial concentration or there be a certain area in the world that is, uh, attracts uh, the UFOs. So actually, I'm working with Charles Lamoureux. Uh, he's uh, based in downtown Vancouver. He is a sky watcher who has a, a kind of... Uh, Mobile sky watching unit this is what he calls it that uh, has numerous uh, cameras attached to it, and he's convinced that Vancouver is a is a flap area. It's a thin area, and one of his theories is that the crafts are attracted to the the water uh, between Vancouver and Vancouver Island, and also you can consider uh, what geographers would call it the micro scale. This would be uh, very small scales of False Creek, which is a, as a body of water which cuts into around the uh, downtown. So one of my uh, arguments is that you cannot take away the geography of any kind of paranormal occurrence. So another idea here would be uh, how uh, many houses are haunted, uh, even objects emanate certain uh, strange energies and so on. And of course, uh, in our discussion of the crop circles, they're concentrated in the county of Wiltshire, which uh, I believe, and many others, that is very much connected to their sacred uh, landscape. Okay, that sounds really interesting. Um, so you cover quite a few things in your study, but focus mainly on, on the big three, uh, from my understanding, the UFOs, yeah. hauntings, and Bigfoot. Which of the three do you feel are most active in culture today? I think um, that's a good question. Um, at least in, uh, in North America, uh, I would say they're, they're fairly equal. They each have their own geography too, uh, Randall. Uh, so obviously, uh, Pacific Northwest, B.C., uh, there is uh, a lot of interest in uh, Sasquatch or Bigfoot. Uh, where I live in uh, Vancouver, uh, you see, uh, you know, uh, lampposts, uh, mailboxes with these little uh, Sasquatch stickers. People uh, print them up and they put them around uh, in the public space. And so that exhibits the uh, familiarity, even the, the enthusiasm for Sasquatch in uh, Vancouver. Uh, you get uh, numerous Sasquatch uh, uh, conferences in this region. You, uh, I'll be going to the Sasquatch Summit uh, in Ocean Shores, Washington uh, next month. So there's a geography there. Uh, I find it interesting that the UFO conferences uh, often take place in the uh, the mountain states, the western parts of the US. The MUFON is, was, uh, this year was in uh, New Jersey in New Jersey, but, but so they try and spread it around. But uh, the conference sites, the uh, uh, experiences in the desert, 
uh, are often in uh, the neighborhoods of uh, the, the Roswells and other site uh, UFO sites. Uh, ghosts, uh, you know, what's interesting there is, uh, you know, these. This is a centuries-old, millennia-old uh, aspect of human culture to consider the the, the what happens after death and the uh, encounters with ghostly figures. Let's do our break here. We'll have more with Paul Kingsbury, with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. faketv.com Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Childhood is full of wonder, and we get the chance to relive it with our grandchildren every day. But imagine missing special moments with a grandchild or seeing them through cloudy vision. The Foundation Fighting Blindness can help by providing valuable information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Age-related macular degeneration is the leading cause of vision loss in people 55 and older, but it doesn't have to be. 
The Foundation Fighting Blindness is driving research and saving sight by providing information about diagnosing and treating AMD. Don't miss a moment of your grandchildren's youthful wonder because of poor vision. Learn more about vision-saving preventions and treatments. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website fightblindness.org where you can find so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. That number again is 1-800-BLINDNESS or fightblindness.org. Healthcare reform is confusing. With the loss of the Obamacare mandate, those needing help can now choose an affordable alternative. By joining Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community of health-conscious Americans all over the country who control their own healthcare costs and choices. Liberty HealthShare is not insurance. It is an association of self-pay patients who unite with like-minded people to share the cost of their medical needs. Neighbor helping neighbor. Learn more now by going to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue with Randall and Jean and Paul Kingsbury. Randall, you want to pick up on the questioning? So that makes perfect sense. We have regional phenomena. And that depends very much on the geography. So if you've got a mountainous region or a highly forested region, it seems to be that there would be more activity in terms of cryptozoological phenomena. And uh, whereas, let's say if you're in Florida, you might be closer to the Bermuda Triangle where there's strange disappearances. So from a geographical perspective, you could probably create a map where you have higher incidence of certain types of phenomena than others right so uh, on uh, mufon's uh, website they have a live uh, ufo map and so they have their uh, field investigators uh, also members of the public who will be uh, reporting the ufos and they will plot them onto a, a map of north america which gives you a uh, kind of a live reading of uh, certain sightings and again Different parts of the world gather together different paranormal entities. And uh, yeah, the, uh, you know, geography matters. You can't uh, separate uh, the the two between uh, geography and the paranormal. I would imagine that you could probably overlay uh, other types of cultural attributes to the paranormal as well. For example, say if you were to look at the geographical distribution of religious belief, you might find that there are certain correlations there. Have you tried doing any of that? Most locally, I've been intrigued by the First Nations uh, native uh, links with uh, Bigfoot Sasquatch. So Sasquatch, the very uh, word itself, comes from a First Nations uh, uh, word, Sasquatch, in British Columbia. Uh, And so um, I went on an investigation with my PhD student, Oliver Keane. We went to uh, Vancouver Island and were led by uh, uh, Tom Seward, who's First Nations guy, uh, during a two-night investigation on the island. And he would uh, provide us with the First Nations perspective on, uh, on Sasquatch. And this also occurred during the opening of the Sasquatch Summit I went to in 2016. Uh, a native elder opened up the conference with a prayer, and he uh, 
uh, impressed upon the delegates at the conference that Bigfoot is not an animal, but rather it's a person and that uh, it deserves respect and that it should be treated with with reverence. So it's it's not simply a Western phenomenon, the paranormal, but it occurs in different uh, kinds of cultures and has uh, long histories. So when you zero in on the regions, then I would suspect that there would also be a difference between the rural and the urban environment for a number of these phenomena. So say something like hauntings, you might find that equally distributed in uh, urban areas as you would in rural areas, whereas something like Sasquatch or UFOs, they tend to be more out in the wild almost, definitely in the outskirts, not centered so much over large cities, usually. Exactly, Randall. So uh, I've been uh, on just over a dozen ghost investigations in the lower mainland of, uh, of BC, uh, the vicinity of Vancouver. Uh, many of these investigations have occurred uh, in suburban areas, and I've asked the investigators why they think they take uh, place quite a lot in the uh, Surrey area, which is in the South Surrey area, which is quite rural. They suggest uh, there's a lot of uh, First Nations uh, uh, former settlements there. They may think the chalk landscape may have something to do with it. Uh, but also there's been investigations in, in downtown condos in Vancouver, uh, whereby uh, a man felt he was being uh, hunted, actually, not haunted, in his office by a strange presence. Uh, and so this is, uh, you know, in a, a multi-story tower uh, removed from the ground. And, uh, well, one of the geographies of the ghosts is that they drift in and out of various uh, places. They're quite mobile. Uh, sometimes they're, they're fixed to a particular site, but some ghosts uh, are able to, to move around. And they will appear, in, uh, for some of the investigators, will sense them. Uh, they will be curious as to what's going on uh, during an investigation. So, yeah, different. Uh, the, the big three of uh, ghosts, UFOs, uh, Sasquatch, each have their own uh, particular regional geography. When you've been investigating the, the cultural aspect of it, you've, like you said, you've been out to conferences and seen how people interact. What are some of the common things you find with uh, paranormal investigators in terms of their, their outlook on the phenomena itself and what their reasons are for getting into the field? Yeah, so one of my first uh, uh, findings in the research, and I'm, I'm in the last year now, year four, was that people get involved in these uh, investigation cultures because they have had uh, an extraordinary, a very profound experience, uh, perhaps as a child, uh, that they could not explain. And they want to get to the bottom of it. They want to find out more. And uh, given the predilection of many people to ridicule such experiences, they uh, seek like-minded people or a place where they, can't, uh, they won't be judged or risk losing their job, for example. So they get involved because they themselves have had a paranormal experience. They also uh, remain in these uh, groups because they're, they're very they're supportive, the groups. Uh, it's a lot of fun uh, to go on uh, investigations where you go to a heritage site, for example, that uh, there's a salmon cannery at Steveston nearby I've been on. And so these uh, investigations, you kind of step out of the, the normal world, the everyday spaces, and into a building that you would never normally go to uh, or meet clients, people that you would never normally meet. And they, too, are 
share the drive of the investigation, investigators, that they believe something strange, perhaps disturbing is going on and they want to get to the bottom of it. And so I think this actually unites the UFO ghost and uh, Sasquatch investigators in terms of they've had a very profound encounter and uh, some of them wish to repeat this encounter because of how enthralling it is. It's certainly a life-changing experience for those who have the experience. Most of us, if we wanted to, or most people, if they wanted to, they could learn a lot about it by reading. But the firsthand experience really is a whole other level in terms of motivating somebody to become interested. Do you find that people who study it are just as interested as those who had firsthand experiences? Or is it really sort of two-tiered in that way? Good question. I, I found, particularly with the ghost investigators, a great deal of diversity within the group. So some of them actually uh, will be skeptical. They will be open-minded, but they're not going to necessarily say, yes, this is spirit or this is an energy uh, related passed on uh, persons. They keep an open mind, whereas some of the investigators will be uh, sensitive. They have a a kind of ability to uh, discern the other side, to sense the other side, sometimes see other uh, spirit entities. But I find that even the, the so-called the believers, if you will, will still uh, refuse to explain what it is, how, how, what a ghost is, how uh, hauntings work. Uh, one of the refrains amongst many of the ghost investigator groups, I've been working with five, uh, is that no one has the answers. No one knows. And so uh, even in, in the UFO communities, if someone... Uh, declares that they've uh, the solved the mystery, that they know what these strange shapes are, these orbs and so on, then many people will distance themselves from such figures because people genuinely uh, think this is a mystery uh, that we, we have not have yet to explain to get to the bottom. Do, do you think that might have something to do with, um, say, protecting each other's own turf, so to speak? In other words, if somebody comes up with an explanation, that is, you know, would be perceived as sort of a threat to their particular situation. Because as soon as somebody's got it explained, well, then that kind of devalues the other, if you get what I mean. Yeah, it could be uh, if someone claims to have the answer to this, uh, you know, undoubtedly complicated, mysterious uh, realm, even within these various, you know, the, the big three uh, genres, then that in effect transforms the uh, the object or the experience. So one of the things I, I like to think about is, uh, you know, the paranormal object by definition is that which cannot be uh, understood and therefore contained uh, by science for prediction, measurability, and so on. And so the paranormal object always has to be out of reach to be a paranormal or unexplained uh, event or phenomena. And, and so if, if someone managed to uh, get Bigfoot in a, in a crate or a ghost in a test tube or an ET in a room, uh, the, the entire field would, would change. It would become uh, like uh, academia. Let's break. We got Gene and Randall. And Paul, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Working through the IRS Fresh Start program, all the forms will be handled for you. All you have to do is make the toll-free call. 800-239-9957. Find out if you qualify and possibly save yourself thousands thousands of dollars, not to mention a lot of headaches. It could be the best call you've made today. That number again, 800-239-9957. The service does not provide tax settlement or legal services. We will refer you to a company that does provide such services. Often the IRS will not agree to any reduction in the amount owed. Not all taxpayers who owe more than $10,000 will qualify for a tax reduction program. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Paul, sorry we interrupted you there, but uh, you raised some interesting possibilities that I would like to consider here. Let's go on with them. So we were just talking about how the very nature of paranormal phenomena itself requires it to be mysterious. And as soon as it's no longer mysterious, then it actually removes the field itself from that particular type of investigative procedure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, if uh, some personal group managed to contain uh, a ghost uh, in a test tube to trap an ET in a room, to corner Sasquatch into a, a cave that these entities could be studied, then it would no longer be the realm of amateur inquiry or in many ways citizen science is uh, relevant here. But this field would be uh, become quickly uh, co-opted, controlled by uh, academia, by science. And, th- and then you would find a strange situation where there'd be uh, a lot of uh, bureaucracy, red tape, whereby certain standards would be uh, installed to ensure that ghost investigations, for example, were, were being run with uh, health and safety in mind. Certain ethical procedures were being followed regarding how we uh, engage the dead or spirit. And so, again, there's a kind of uh, strange echoing between the, the academic sphere and the, uh, the amateur 
in, investigators. And I think that the two are not uh, are quite parallel, albeit a, a, a very different relationship to the object of study. Right. There seems to be a real spectrum uh, among the investigators. We had recently Sharon A. Hill. I'm not sure if you've heard of yeah. her, but she, she's yeah. a geologist and, and she wrote a book called Scientifical Americans, in, in which she also studied quite a number of these groups and found the same thing, that quite a few of them, they have really no standards and don't really understand even the, the basics of the scientific method or what it means to do science, all the way up to people who are very conscientious of it and include people, uh, not unlike yourselves, who have academic credentials. If all of a sudden it was pinned down to just one specific thing, you, you could find that the whole field would arbit arbitrarily be chopping off a whole lot of people who are just fixed on a particular belief that isn't backed by any particular evidence that would be considered academically valid. Well, I'd, I'd say, um, yeah, that data doesn't necessarily just have to be uh, scientific. Data can also include uh, people's experiences, their subjective relations towards the, the phenomena. So I think it's important that any field of study, be that paranormal study, be that uh, study in uh, society, the world around us, isn't just restricted to science. And so, you know, when it comes to UFO uh, events, you know, I'm with the Scientific Coalition of Ufology, so I'm helping them in terms of coordinating manuscript review and so on. It's, this is a new group that I collaborate with. Uh, one of the discussions we've had is that data can involve people's experiences. And so I think it's dangerous just to uh, consider facts and figures uh, through the purview of science. It is important to uh, take seriously uh, people's uh, experiences with this phenomena. There are the skeptics, though, who would say that people's experiences doesn't even count as data. And I've always had a problem with that and tend to agree more with what you're saying, in, because people's experiences are based on the stimulus response, which itself isn't all that unscientific. We know what happens when photons enter the eye, for example, and that's how we're able to create eyeglasses and grind lenses, that sort of thing, make contact lenses and do uh, operations on people's eyes to make them see better. If we didn't have an understanding of what we observe and how we see things in a scientific sense, we wouldn't be able to do that. And I think it's reasonable to say that when people see things, most of the time it is because something is there to see. So sure, there are exceptions, but we also understand those pretty well as well. Yeah, and this is my take on uh, academic study is that, well, clearly academia isn't just about science. You have the humanities, the arts, social science. So you have different kinds of knowledges and things in the world that uh, can't be grasped by science. And in I fact, had, that's perfect. I have waited a long time to hear an academic like yourself say something like that, because personally, I believe that ufology is better suited to, this, to the humanities because of its huge cultural influence. It's got such a wide range 
of cultural influence. Like I think Close Encounters of the Third Kind is inaugurated into the Library of Congress in the United States for its special cultural significance. And and yet there's no way that we could take that and all of the opinions about it really and and study that scientifically because it's such a subjective thing. And yet if we were to remove all of the cultural aspects from the paranormal, I think we'd be really doing it a disservice. Yeah, she would uh, be uh, desiccating or removing a lot of its, uh, well, uh, substance in terms of what actually happened or the context. Uh, well, in fact, Randall, I started this project because I read in a uh, editorial in the Globe and Mail, uh, Canada's uh, leading newspaper, where uh, a man called Michael Parfit, he worked for National Geographic, and his editorial was uh, rallying against National Geographic's focus on uh, Bigfoot, uh, ancient aliens, and he suggested that this was bad for children's education, it was bad for National Geographic, and because it was uh, a moral cynicism for him. So I wrote a letter in suggesting that, uh, okay, geography is actually more than being sticklers for the facts, as he put it. it geography involves taking seriously people's uh, experiences, uh, cultural narratives in society, and not simply being sticklers for the facts. And I, I said it's precisely uh, ghosts, uh, Sasquatches, and so on, that National Geographic should be broadcasting because this is clearly an important uh, force and issue today. Uh, in society. Well, certainly, I, I would say that we don't have to necessarily believe as academics, or if we approach it from an academic perspective, we don't have to adopt the particular beliefs of a particular cultural subset. We simply can take the facts about what they believe and catalog it as this or that type of a belief and look at it very objectively and make it into an academic study in that way. Mm -hmm. and, and to get back to the, the paranormal, one of the, the narratives uh, which many academics reject is that, you know, today we're in a post-enlightenment, secular, modern world. We've uh, unshackled ourselves from superstition, religious beliefs, and so on. But if you look at the world around us and how it works, uh, academics talk about the, the magical power of commodities, the ways in which people believe in certain products that can magically transform their lives. Law itself uh, operates on these strange uh, uh, suppositions that a, a boundary between a, a garden and a, and a sidewalk will determine whether someone is charged guilty, perhaps even assigned to death based upon a, a line. Uh, we treat various uh, objects around us with reverence, with uh, superstition, with uh, and so on. And so we, we have not entered some kind of uh, post-religious, post-spiritual uh, society. If anything, there's uh, greater enchantments, re-enchantments of the West. Uh, superstitions are still alive today. And there are many realms of society, take love, for example, which cannot be explained away by science. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the points that Sharon made is that people, even when they do uh, abandon religion, a lot of them take up with the paranormal because they can relate to such a variety of individual topics that they can, they can relate to it on their own terms as opposed to having an institution tell them what to believe. Yeah. We've got more to come with Paul and Randall and Gene. You're in the Paracast. 
Neighbors, we've made such a deal with HelloFresh, and it means that everyone listening to this show can receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code PARACAST30. You know, with HelloFresh, you can choose the delivery day that works best for you. They've got a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly. And can you imagine me cooking Japanese panko chicken? It makes me feel like I'm a chef. It means also that you could actually get your meal cooked in 30 minutes. For busy people, this is perfect. The simple recipes include step-by-step instructions so even I can figure it out. Go to HelloFresh.com, use the offer code PARACAST30 to get $30 off your first week of deliveries. HelloFresh.com Let's talk tough. Let's talk comfort. Let's talk about down-home value. Made in the USA blue jeans like you wore as a kid. Remember? There's a place down in Tennessee Where they make blue diamond gusset jeans They so pride in every stitch Guarantee you love the way they fit Put a diamond gusset in the crotch Where you need it most Blue diamond gusset's got it Others don't For good old-fashioned comfort, get diamond gusset jeans Every stitch guaranteed In our Defender motorcycle jean comes Kevlar reinforced See them at GUSSET.com That's gusset.com Or call 888-848-7738 That's 888-848-7738 Diamond gusset jeans got it Others don't Broadcasting to over a thousand radio stations, GCN programming is in all of the largest markets. A GCN advertising career could be the business opportunity you've been waiting for. Companies need hardworking representatives just like you to handle their needs while you earn residual income which can last for years. Companies are buying and they need you. Email advertise at GCNlive.com or call 877-996-4327. That's 877-996-4327. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-318-1251. That's 800-318-1251. 800-318-1251. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Randall raised a fascinating point at the end of the last segment. And Paul, you're about to respond, so you can go ahead now. Yeah, so this topic comes up a lot. Uh, with my research, and that's the idea of belief. Are paranormal investigators uh, similar in terms of uh, issues of faith and belief uh, in religion? And and one thing I'm interested in is how even the so-called non-believers, the cynics, actually are kind of secretly the true believers. So, for example, I was talking with a a colleague in geography uh, who's working in uh, Bangkok, and there are uh, considerable uh, beliefs that uh, certain buildings are, are haunted. And so many people in Bangkok, uh, Singapore as well, uh, will prefer to buy a new condo, a building that hasn't uh, been lived in. Maybe people have died uh, and it, it is considered to be uh, clean from the ghosts. And, and when he speaks to people who are buying uh, the new condo, he asks them about the ghost towards the end of the interview. Uh, and they will say, oh, no, I, you know, I, I don't believe in ghosts, but I respect uh, the beliefs of other people. And, and so uh, even uh, if you affirm yourself as a non-believer, you're still believing other people take this seriously and that influences you. So you find uh, scientists, for example, uh, there's a famous story of a physicist who had a, a, uh, a lucky horseshoe on his door. And someone uh, uh, asked him, so what, why you as a physicist uh, have a lucky horseshoe on your door? And he replied that, oh, I don't really believe in it, but they tell me it works. So I'm, go- I'm going to try this. <laughs> so in the age today where we uh, dismiss uh, you know, things like Santa Claus as fictions, nonetheless, we still take them very seriously. Uh, and we believe uh, that is an important aspect of life. Right. It's like the old, well, what have I got to lose if it? If it doesn't work, it's no different. But if it works, then I'm, I add. Yeah, that's really interesting. Now, you received a grant from the government to do this, which was pretty impressive. And I think that speaks to the fact that it is being taken more seriously now within academia. Mm-hmm. Would you tend to agree with that? Yeah. So I, I chatted uh, you know, with Gene about in the past uh, decade or so, Many uh, social scientists, uh, humanities folks, uh, have written on the the so-called re-enchantment of the West. This is the uh, widely observed uh, turn in society towards uh, yoga, chakra, alternative spiritualities, new age beliefs, and so on. So many academics do recognize the importance of this. But for my grant, it's somewhat different because I actually wanted to zoom in, focus on the investigation aspect of paranormal cultures, but not simply look at reality TV, ghost hunting shows, but speak to people themselves to ask, who is doing this? Why are they doing this? Uh, how are they conducting their uh, investigations? And the, and the main geography is looking at conferences of sites of knowledge exchange and fieldwork of sites of inquiry, sites of you know, the practice of investigation. And you have some postgrads working with you as well, I believe, on this. Yeah, so I've aided me have been uh, two PhD students uh, and one MA student who are an integral part of the 
the research, and in fact, most of the, the, the money from the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada uh, goes towards uh, training of the students. So they learn how to uh, conduct participant observation, uh, transcribe interviews, conduct interviews uh, as part of the work. Well, that's fabulous. And hopefully they'll go on to do some more work uh, in an academic sense in the field as well. Have you reached any preliminary conclusions? Because you must be nearing the end of this study. Yeah, so I'm in year four, and, and uh, with each year I presented a, a conference paper, which has been well-received. I've given colloquia in uh, other uh, geography departments. Well, the first one uh, focused on uh, UFO conferences, and my argument uh, finding was that these are essentially parallel universes to academic conferences. So I was chatting with uh, Gene Elliott that they have like academic conferences, uh, award ceremonies, uh, uh, late night hotel lobby bar discussions. Uh, the other paper uh, revealed findings of ghost investigations. They had a great deal of uh, altruism. They were seeking to help their clients. They weren't necessarily trying to prove the existence of ghosts, but they were seeking to debunk uh, claims of, of, of hauntings. Uh, in that paper, I looked at the paradoxical spaces of ghost investigations, whereby they're, they're using essentially a kind of empirical means of testing with measurements and so on to ascertain the potentially paranormal uh, causes behind certain things. So they debunk, but they're mindful of the, the, the paranormal aspects to things too. I'm all, uh, in uh, next year, I'll be presenting on a Sasquatch expedition that I went on, and here I'm focusing on the role of landscape in, in the expeditions. Uh, generally in geography, when it comes to uh, seeking knowledge in the landscape, we, we like to consider humans as in control, uh, penetrating landscapes to discern their mysteries, to gather data. But in a Sasquatch expedition, it's, uh, it's the roles are reversed, whereby it's the landscape uh, is that which is in control. It is investigators that are vulnerable and are threat by uh, this unknown, uh, very elusive creature. So uh, that, that's been a, a really interesting focus in the past year on Sasquatch investigations. Have you looked at any of the missing people claims and reports? You know, the David Polites missing in the national parks, for example. So there you have geography and landscape in, in a particular type of environment and something strange seems to be going on with it even if he tends to uh, exaggerate it to some degree in the end there is a residue that does seem truly weird yeah i saw david present on the the missing 411 at the sasquatch summit uh, in washington state in 2016 and uh my my uh, phd student oliver keen actually falls right within the the demographic of these missing uh, people, gen generally uh, sort of young uh, males in their 20s, 30s, often near uh, lakes in uh, somewhat remote uh, forest areas. And so we, we talk about this quite frequently, somewhat nervously, jokingly, that uh, he is uh, in, a, in a kind of similar <laughs> situation. And one time it was late at night on, a, on Vancouver Island. It was a beautiful site right on the, the shores. We're in the cabins with Tom Seward. Uh, north of Sayward on Vancouver Island, and Oliver was uh, kind of, we were using those uh, kind of headphones with a device that picks up on sound, 
And he was convinced there was some kind of uh, wading sound in the water. And I, I said, Oliver, don't, don't go uh, too far quickly into that dark because of the Pilate uh, <laughs> study. So he suggested we were chatting one, uh, one time during the Sasquatch expedition that it could, in fact, be perhaps a large bird of prey picking up these guys. Uh, the, the lack of evidence uh, in terms of footprints, uh, 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 signs of struggle regarding these missing uh, these people. Let's do our break here, and we'll talk more about the lack of evidence for Sasquatch, unless he's coming up our door right now. Paul, Gene, and Randall, you're in. The Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We promote the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse and invite you to try them today by visiting GCNLife.com. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Jeunesse products have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. President Trump has weighed in on behalf of the man he nominated in July and, as justice, is expected to tilt the Supreme Court to the right. He says Brett Kavanaugh will be a great member of the high court. And he will sit proudly alongside Justice Neil Gorsuch. He's doing a great job to uphold your sacred rights and to defend your God-given freedom. The vote ended an emotional 88 days after Kavanaugh was hit with sexual misconduct allegations, which Kavanaugh denies. Protesters shouted their disapproval. Mr. Manchin. Clerk will suspend. The sergeant-at-arms will restore order in the gallery. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. 
Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no obligation quote. 1-800-919-5435. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-919-5435. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-919-5435. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from presidentialufo.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So we hear the excuses like different ways that so-called evidence of Sasquatch may be taken away. But doesn't that still kind of put a question mark about their reality? Yeah. So several weeks ago, I went uh, on an expedition with the organized through the BFRO, the Bigfoot Research Organization. As with uh, the expedition with Tom Seward, it was really uh, illuminating. I learned a lot. I think uh, one of the take-homes from that expedition was the idea that, well, BC is the size of Egypt, so it's there's a lot of uh, space out there. There are a lot of uh, bunkers, bowls in these massive er- forested areas. Uh, and obviously, uh, people talk about, you know, what about the specimen? What about the bones of Sasquatch? And, and the answers are, are quite robust. One is that, well, not many people are, are looking for bones of Sasquatch in the forest, given it's the scale of, of size here. Uh, two, often animal bones are uh, eaten up, gnawed on, uh, decayed in the acidic uh, soils of coniferous uh, forests. Uh, three, there's also suggestions, uh, suppositions that uh, Sasquatch uh, buries their dead. Uh, it's known, First Nations have, have told uh, settler cultures that, you know, there are uh, certain limestone caves that uh, Sasquatch buries the dead, and but they're not going to tell uh, the white folks about this. And so the, the, there's good uh, arguments against the, uh, the demand that a specimen be revealed to uh, demonstrate the existence of Sasquatch. But you're not taking an active part in the investigative process as much as you are observing the investigative process and uh, commenting on and analyzing the behavior of the people involved in it. Uh, I'm uh, conducting a method known as participant observation. So I'm thoroughly implicated and involved in the investigations. For example, in the ghost investigations, I will ask questions to the spirit boxes. 
I will uh, put on the headphones, uh, do the whooping sounds during the Sasquatch expeditions. Uh, but also I am uh, looking, observing, you know, who's there, what we're doing. Um, but I, I don't feel like I'm separate from it either. And, and also, uh, as the study has gone on, I, I cannot uh, distinguish or neatly separate people on the one hand and the paranormal phenomena on the other. Uh, I think uh, in looking at how this, this culture works, you're also... I take seriously how the paranormal phenomena is part of the culture itself. So the, the two can't be separated. And so I think this is actually uh, is a good position to be in. It's, it's talked a lot about in a qualitative methodology in social science. And, and that is to, you know, engage fully within in the research practice rather than to separate oneself as a, as a, as a distant, discrete observer. That's a really fair-minded approach. Uh, one might say, though, that, that it also leaves you susceptible to some uh, some crosstalk or some some bias. If you're involved in it, then you're not as objective about it as perhaps you could be. My my study is not seeking to be objective, though, because you can't objectively understand culture. Culture is not uh, a kind of uh, simply measurable predictable, observable entity. We could draw maps about where various cultures are, but I think to really understand uh, culture, one has to uh, uh, feel the culture. One has to, uh, um, you know, have some emotional attachment to an investigation. To One has to uh, immerse oneself in the mystery. And so, uh, arguably, it's, uh, it's uh, biased. It involves my subjective experience. But for me, that is... Uh, a crucial element of the study and one of its strengths rather than weaknesses, because it's, I'm not approaching it in, in a purely scientific manner. Well, at least you're aware of that, I would say. Uh, <laughs> are you able to discern what a, for lack of a better term, an objective reality would be from one that is subjective in these cases? Yes, yeah, so there's lots of debates about uh, the relationship with objectivity and what isn't objective. Uh, you know, in, in my research as a cultural geographer, I think the main uh, items that we are studying, uh, they involve people's emotions, they involve people's uh, narratives, uh, they involve language, uh, and these entities... Uh, you know, such forces and structures can't be uh, codified uh, simply through uh, scientific or scientific discourses. Um, so in this uh, piece on crop circles, I'm engaged with uh, some uh, uh, philosophy by uh, Jean-Francois Lyotard, who talks about the importance of the figural power of images in paintings, uh, in, uh, in philosophy. And so, uh, you know, echoing uh, what we were chatting about earlier, I'm very interested in, in the aesthetics of paranormal investigations. Uh, I'm interested in the, the mysticism of, of these things. Uh, you know, in religion, there's a branch of uh, study of mysticism, the kind of proximity to the divine and so on. And I think this is uh, one of my, my, my strengths in terms of my background as a cultural geographer, uh, is to take seriously the everyday mysteries that comprise the reality of, uh, of, uh, of our world. Oh, certainly as a cultural geographer, you couldn't do your job unless you did. 
So that makes perfect sense. Um, I suppose part of my concern, I consider myself a ufologist, and I consider the phenomena to be separate from me as an objective reality unto itself, and that there are various interpretations about what that phenomena is based on your cultural background. And yet, the phenomena itself has its own existence. If the, the witness or the observer were not there to see it, it would exist in and of itself okay. in its own right. And so I'm trying to, you know, so what I'm trying to get there is uh, how to identify what the phenomena is from an objective perspective mm-hmm. compared to the cultural interpretation. And then you might be able to see, well, which cultural interpretations are more accurate than the others. Yeah, that, that's important. And uh, I wouldn't rule out the, uh, the material existence of, uh, you know, a, a, an undiscovered, uh, unseen hominid known as uh, Sasquatch. Uh, I, I, I uh, deliberately take a, a middle ground position here, an open-minded one. Uh, but it's interesting that, you know, what are these things, the ontology? And so with the ghost investigations, I like to uh, uh, recall a, a, a famous joke about a guy goes into a, a coffee shop and he asks, uh, can I have a, a coffee without cream, please? And the service says, well, um, unfortunately, we're out of cream, but can, can it be without milk? And so right. you, have this, <laughs> you have this strange uh, missing thing. It's, it's a, a strange uh, object, the, the cream or the milk, uh, which is neither present nor absent. And so I argue that when uh, the ghost investigators give the clients their data, it's up to the client whether they get the coffee without the cream or without the milk or the data without the ghost, which would be akin to the cream, a, a very uh, mm-hmm. kind of mysterious, valuable object. Or is it uh, simply data without milk in terms of, well, the strange sound we captured on the tape is actually a rat or a mouse in the wall cavity, something quite banal. So I, I think, again, what we think, what we believe exists is, is also tied up uh, with, with our beliefs in terms of uh, as science. We have various uh, uh, kind of principles, uh, laws that we follow methods, but, but they themselves uh, involve a trust, a, a kind of act of faith in the very edifice of science, too. Let's do our break here, folks, and then we'll talk about the edifice of science. Will it come crumbling down? Are there anti-science beliefs in effect now? Sometimes there are. We've got Paul Kingsbury, Gene Steinberg, Jay, Randall Murphy, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First game attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. When you use public Wi-Fi, hackers and identity thieves can see anything you do online. Embarrassing photos, your web history, even your passwords. That's why I use private internet access to encrypt my internet connection for less than 10 cents a day. Sign up now at privateinternetaccess.com and in just a few minutes, you'll be browsing anonymously and only sharing what you want to share. Privateinternetaccess.com. It's time to protect your online privacy. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Long distance travel or long hours in front of a computer can take its toll on your body. Get relief for your neck or back pain when you search Amazon for sunshine pillows, heating wraps, and pads, often listed as an Amazon choice. Why take another pill? Now, from Sunny Bay and by customer demand, we introduce our extra-long neck heating wrap, a complete wrap, wide and hands-free, and brings fast relief to those who suffer from neck or back pain. You can easily find sunshine pillows on Amazon. Or search Amazon for our new Sunny Bay disposable heat pads. Or look for Sunny Bay heated neck wraps for relief from back pain to menstrual pain and cramps. Sometimes life can be a pain in the neck or back or shoulder. See why our company, Biomed DB Design, has a lifetime 100% positive rating on both Amazon and Etsy. Just go to Amazon.com and search Sunny Bay or call us 253-678-1361. I'm David Hall, founder of Diamond Gusset, where we're proud of our 100% grown and sewn American-made jeans. Whether you're out for dinner, working on the farm, or on the road, Diamond Gusset Jeans offers a full spectrum of styles and sizes for any occasion. To find yours, visit gusset.com. That's G-U-S-S-E-T.com. Our loyal customers enable us to continue sponsoring Liberty Media outlets like the one you're listening to. In Liberty, David Hall, Diamond Gusset Jean Company. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast.
Marcel, don't you see that sometimes where some factions, I guess politically, and I don't want to get too much into politics, but you see this where they are anti-science. They don't believe in climate change. They don't believe in this, that, and the other. They don't believe in the research of science. They don't believe that we have to control air pollution, things like that. Is that anti-science? Is that a religious belief or what? Yeah, so then we're, you know, we're, we're thinking about, you know, what are the facts of the world? What are the causes behind certain things? Uh, I think there's certainly a, an ideological moment uh, going on there. Not so much that ideology involves uh, the screening or the hiding of a truth, but rather we all, all, all have a kind of, uh, you know, unconscious ideological uh, underpinnings that in a way support what we think is reality, what we support. Uh, what, what supports what we consider to be normal, uh, to be common sense. And so there's many uh, determinations here of people's take on whether they think climate change is real or not, whether it's uh, human, uh, not human-induced. Uh, and I think, you, like you say, you, you, you have to consider issues of religion. Uh, you have to uh, consider people's uh, beliefs, uh, evaluations of science. And I, I think you also have to uh, take into account people's uh, often unconscious ideological uh, investments too. I think this is absolutely fascinating from a tangential perspective in that you being what you call a cultural geographer may be exactly what the aliens are doing by appearing to us in their various shapes and forms that, that seem to mimic, in a way, our own culture over time. If you know, if you follow the the history of it, they, they seem to evolve along with us. You know, when in the past there's been airships that look like not unlike dirigibles with propellers, but they were preposterous. Or if you go way back to biblical mythology, there's they they're, they're like storms or strange sort of chariots in the sky or shields, yeah. and and now they're like uh, spaceships, and we've moved into the space age. So if we were to be so daring as to assume, well there are aliens visiting us. This seems like the perfect way to study what we would believe they are by showing us their, giving us their presence and then studying the way we react to them. That's, that's a really great point. I'm reminded of uh, Tom Seward, the uh, First Nations uh, Sasquatch investigator. His approach is, is one of, is cultural too, because he uh, believes that uh, Sasquatches uh, live in families or groups, and that they're structured in terms of four basic uh, types or cultural roles. You have uh, the rogues, which would be uh, you know former alpha males on top of the the hierarchy who've been uh, uh, kicked out or have, have left, and are kind of solitary individuals. Uh, you have the harvesters; uh, these are Sasquatches who uh, gather protein. Uh, scallops, uh, you know, salmon if available from uh, from the beaches. They gather food uh, for storage for eating. Uh, you have the homesteaders who are Sasquatches who stay at home camp and in and in the, in wherever the the home is at the at the moment. And then you have the scouts, which are often juveniles who are on the periphery of uh, the territory looking out for any uh, human incursions and he he precisely does that he he looks he takes the culture seriously you also 
have, like you mentioned, the the change in uh, formations of of ET appearances and so on. Uh, and that's a really good point about you know the importance of a of a cultural approach, not not somehow to think of culture as superficial or you know a decorative veneer. And you have, on the other hand, science, which is serious, data driven, crunching numbers. Uh, it, it is a mistake to think of of culture as a epiphenomenal or somehow. Uh, coating the the inner truth, the inner reality of things. You have to take seriously uh, what is on the surface. There was another grant I ran across while I was uh, just taking a look at yours. That was for a researcher at the University of Lethbridge. They received eighty thousand dollars for a two thousand fourteen to two thousand eighteen study on factors that predict susceptibility to both erroneous gambling related cognitions and paranormal beliefs and the risk-taking behaviors Mm -hmm. of individuals susceptible to these irrational beliefs. Uh, Any comment? Well, for something to be, you know, rational has to posit that there is rational thought. And uh, so, again, this would, uh, you know, hearken to uh, back to the Enlightenment, uh, the Enlightenment, you know, which began in uh, Northern Europe, uh, modern-day Germany. The idea that, you know, following the philosopher Immanuel Kant was that we should, uh, we should grow up. Kant said that people need to grow up, stop being uh, under the tutelage of the church, the state, and the monarchy. And he urged uh, his readers of a Berlin uh, newspaper in an article to, to have courage to know, to dare to know. And so I, I think that you know, the notion of risk, irrationality, superstition uh, contains within it a kind of uh, enlightenment uh, suspicion or a caution towards so-called uh, backward primitive beliefs. But I, I think it's difficult to separate, you know, rationality in society and, and rational behavior. It, 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 we know, in, in uh, for example, in consumption, in economics, that it's very rare for people to follow their interests, to pursue rational uh, courses. And so, yeah, for me, that's a very kind of uh, black and white uh, take on it, though it may have its uh, value for certain people. Well, I really like how you just zeroed right in on those last two words, the irrational beliefs concept here, because when I was reading it up to that point, I thought, well, okay, perhaps there is some sort of a connection there between people who have beliefs in the paranormal and risk-taking behavior such as gambling. I mean, we see plenty of casinos uh, on First Nations land and along with uh, superstitious beliefs as well. So maybe there is some correlation there, but it seems like it really kind of crashed the whole thing by saying, well, calling it all irrational. I mean, just why not just say, you know, susceptible to these influences? or types of behavior, as opposed to making a value judgment. Yeah, and there's a, there's a kind of secret pathology, pathologization going on there too, which is to, you know, ridicule or question the healthiness of this. And I think um, I'm against pathologizing uh, paranormal experiences, uh, people who thoroughly believe in it. And if anything... Uh, these, these people ha- should be given, granted some dignity, that they are trying to make sense of something they can't explain that may have shaken them up. And uh, I think we have to grant people, uh, yeah, some dignity regarding their experience and uh, take it seriously and, and not confine it to uh, one 
perspective or the other about what is true or not. So in your studies, then, have you found that people with an interest in the paranormal who like to study it are fairly normal people? Yeah, there's, uh, so the demographics of the investigators is, is quite varied in terms of the uh, socioeconomic background. I mean, there are retirees, there are welders, there are computer programmers. <laughs> uh, if anything, the, the culture of the paranormal uh, doesn't discriminate people that it seeks to visit, <laughs> to put it that way. Uh, often you may find their uh, family histories, uh, particularly uh, with UFO encounters, um, but, it, but the paranormal investigation community is, is uh, extremely diverse. Demographically, you have, uh, you know, uh, First Nations uh, interest here. You have uh, suburban-based uh, investigators, urban-based investigators. Have you done a, a section on the converts, say people who prior to having an experience simply believed it was all nonsense, but then had an experience and changed their point of view? Yeah. So exemplary here is uh, Charles Lamoureux, the Skywatcher, who I've been working with. He's based in downtown Vancouver. He, he was a skeptic, uh, amateur astronomer, who uh, in 2008 or so uh, was observing the moon through a telescope, and he recalled this strange diamond uh, shape that glided across the moon. Uh, so in this interview, he talked about uh, how he had a kind of, I guess, conversion in terms of, wow, there's this strange uh, lights up there, phenomena, UAPs. And then uh, several years later, he uh, some orbs came uh, towards his balcony. Uh, he's he's convinced that they were observing him. I'll and tell it, you what. Let's leave it at that and do our next segment. Let's observe this on the show with Randall, Gene, and Paul. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, he felt they were observing him. You see, yes, some true. people say that I'm paranoid, but it's true that people are coming after me. Go ahead, please. Yeah, so, and here this is interesting. So the, the, the initial encounter, perhaps someone's first encounter with something, and uh, there's often the, the commonality here is, and, and here I recall stories in a uh, experience of sessions at these UFO conferences. When people see, for example, in Charles's case, these orbs, or uh, in another uh, narrative and experience of session, a, a craft above the Dairy Queen, there is there is as a shock. There's a there's a there's a sense of disbelief that this can't be happening. This is this is absurd. Uh, and so Charles uh, felt that there's some intelligence to this uh, this kind of golf ball sized blue light, and that it was observing him. And then he had several encounters with these orbs, and each time he would you know get to a recording device, it would zip away or it was uh, it was gone. Uh, he's got some really interesting YouTube uh, coverage of strange uh, nocturnal lights. It's also the name of a movie he's done, a documentary of his research. And so these in- paranormal investigators' uh, experiences have a sense of humor. They they joke about the the, the, the craziness of the event, the, the the strangeness. And and so within their pursuits, they also have a kernel of disbelief, of a kind of resistance that this can't be so. But uh, they they nonetheless want to find out more. Do you find uh, across the spectrum of the paranormal that there appears to be uh, a sort of theatricality involved with the phenomena? Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, when I was thinking of the conferences, the UFO conferences, that, you know, again, what I like to do is blur the difference between the paranormal and the normal. I think they're completely entangled in many ways that the very word paranormal contains the normal and so at the ufo conferences there there is similar theatricality to uh academic conferences there will be the groupies people following uh famous figures uh seeking signatures and so on or uh you know uh graduate students following a famous professor for example uh even in the sasquatch expedition the, there's a kind of 
there was a lecture on uh, tra- on tracking and uh, there's a kind of forum to this there's these are very enjoyable events as well there's it is uh, dramatic theatrical to climb into a a ford truck and drive at night to the top of a of a hill get out the truck and interact with whoops with other groups around the valleys there's a there's a definitely uh, what we could call a, a kind of performance to this a performative aspect to the calling out uh, even investigations uh, typically a group will have a leader and they will hold court amongst the group. They will talk to the uh, the clients. The clients themselves are very rarely uh, ordinary, boring, normal people. Everyone has their, everyone's a character. Uh, if you spend enough time with them, go to an elevator long enough, you'll see that. But there is a theatricality, a, 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 an extraordinariness to the interactions between the client and, and the, the groups here. And I, I think that is a crucial element to the, the allure of the paranormal, but also the allure of the paranormal investigations themselves. That was absolutely a fabulous answer. It, it wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but it was fabulous nonetheless. Uh, what I was wanting to get at is that by the- theatricality is that in the sense that the phenomena seems to be putting on a display for the benefit of the witness to some extent. Yeah, many uh, seriologists, uh, people who study crop circles, suggest these are these are gifts. That these are perhaps uh, divine gifts. That they are there to instruct us, to delight us, uh, to magnetize our, our gazes. You know, our eyes. Some people, along with the UFO, suggest that they are here to instruct us, to warn us. There's been some quite interesting messages declaring, kind of like in an end times way, the fragility of the, the world situation. And so that, yeah, the, uh, the aesthetics of lights in the sky, the phoenix lights, the orbs, the uh, crop circles, uh, I like that, that there is a kind of uh, dramatological or drama and theatricality in the spectacle of this phenomena as well to, 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 to delight us, to uh, bring us in. Yes, it's, it's almost as if, well, people will go out to a place where they think they might see the phenomena just as they would go to perhaps a theater. And then if they're lucky, the, the phenomena will present itself yes. just as actors on a stage would or magicians on a stage would present some fantastic thing. And yet it, they completely leave the audience without any explanation as to what they just saw. They just know that it happened. But they don't know how. They just know yeah. they, they went, they saw, they experienced, but how do they explain it? And through the whole thing, it's as if there's this Oz factor, someone behind the curtain who's orchestrating the entire performance. Yeah, some of the investigators uh, on the uh, Bigfoot expedition, uh, you know, likened their research to monkey business. Like, And, and this wasn't ridiculing what they did, but it had contained a, a kind of humor to that. But mon- the monkey, uh, as they referred to uh, the creatures, are kind of like forest ninjas was the term. And that, that is to say that they were the ones in control of the landscape. They were the ones who were watching the investigators, observing the investigators, uh, toying with the investigators. And so there was a, a sense of humility uh, with the Bigfoot uh, investigators that they uh, were akin to you know being on on the moon and and, and this was merely uh, uh, the the backyard for Sasquatch and so 
unlike uh, some kind of inquiry investigations, the, there was a admission to being uh, uh, on the on the weaker side of the relationship. Interesting. Yes, we tend to think that we're the masters of our domain, no matter where we are. And yet when one is out in the forest, uh, particularly if you're by yourself, it's a really, it could be a really unsettling place to be. I've worked out in the forest. Uh, I've worked on the railway out in Glacier National Park mm-hmm. in the middle of no place. And I've experienced some pretty, pretty strange stuff, stuff you would definitely call paranormal out there. You really get the sense as an individual that you are a small little piece in a much larger picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember uh, one night in that Bigfoot expedition by Chahalas Lake in BC, we were, you know, in the, the chairs and above us was the Milky Way. And it was so bright, the Milky Way. You probably find it in Arizona, uh, other desert states. Uh, it, it looked like a cloud, like a, a wisp of cloud. And it was remarkable, just that infinity. And, you're, you know, you're in the silence waiting, waiting for a call back. Uh, but but also, you know, people would get scared if, you know, like it, we could hear a mouse kind of sipping from a little stream <laughs> and it and this sound was very, you know, very audible on the on the headphones. And uh, you are, you're, you know, you're, you're in bear country, perhaps Sasquatch country, and uh, you're, you're highly vulnerable in these, these sites. Then again, uh, I mean, if I tend to also be pretty skeptical about things, I want an explanation that makes sense. Uh, when I think of the word paranormal, I see it as a as a catch-all term to all, pretty much anything that is out of the ordinary to a significant degree. And, and then beneath that, we it's divided up into what you might call sort of natural, unexplained phenomena. And then there's the supernatural. And, and I'm not sure that there even is such a thing as a supernatural. It depends on how one frames that particular belief. I'm I'm a believer that everything that exists is a part of nature and therefore nothing can be supernatural but apart from that when we look at the various explanations and interpretations if we go back to something like you know the the socratic method well not everyone can be right there's there's got to be some objective truth to the phenomena if it is something natural let's do our break here folks and find out whether it's natural, or what supernatural might mean to us. We have Paul, Gene, and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. 
For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. 99 bucks for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-318-4349 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-318-4349. Again, that's 800-318-4349. This is George Norrie from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We promote the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse and invite you to try them today by visiting GCNLife.com. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Jeunesse products have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Well, certainly, Randall, anything that we might regard today as supernatural only because we can't explain it. It doesn't make sense to us. Scientists tomorrow may figure it out, but it certainly strikes one as possible that these are things we'll never figure out. Yeah, the uh, supernatural, when you get looking at most of the definitions, it's not that it's, it's just beyond our present understanding, but it's beyond the very 
possibility of being understood by science because it's beyond nature. And, and like I said, I don't know that there is such a thing or that there could be such a thing. What do you think, Paul? Well, it, it, that's a big one. You know, again, I, I, I think um, when it comes to, you know, scientific approaches to the world, uh, religious approaches to the world, I, I, I don't think that, say, science and religion are necessarily opposed. Uh, you often find in history a kind of collaboration between uh, religion and science. So think, for example, of uh, Christianity. It's often, uh, you know, the narrative is that Christianity kind of took away all the learnings from the the ancients, uh, the Greeks and the, the Romans, but it was actually a monastic scholarship, the creation of libraries in Europe that during the uh, medieval times that actually held on to uh, these uh, these learnings, the, the, this scholarship. Uh, and so I'm of the opinion that the, the journey, the encounters with the supernatural uh, can be approached in many ways. Uh, it is a, is a, a long front uh, in terms of the various approaches we have. And I think it's uh, crucial that uh, scientists, artists, social scientists, uh, mystics, uh, anyone uh, is in dialogue uh, in, in productive ways to uh, uh, understand more. And, you know, I'm very uh, sympathetic to the drive of science to understand, to explain, to find out. And I think there's, there's many ways that, uh, that we can do this. Well, it seems to me that anything that we, we would call supernatural would have to boil down to a particular type of belief system, in which would be some sort of psychology. So it's a, it's a difference in context between the subjective, again, and something that is materially real or physical, that obeys the laws of the physical universe. Our beliefs, on one level, of course, mm. are subjected to the, the rules of nature, and yet they may be completely impossible. They may never come to any sort of an existence. Yeah, yeah. So one of, one of my uh, favorite philosophers, uh, he's called Slavoj Žižek, and uh, he comes from Slovenia, and he has a really interesting uh, take on what exists, on ontology. And he often uh, kind of considers the, uh, what he calls the ontological in incompleteness of the universe, which is to say that the actual fabric of the universe, what exists, actually includes uh, voids, includes gaps, uh, fissures. And he, he's got this joke, uh, it's as though God kind of uh, uh, didn't expect us to get to the below the subatomic level, that uh, he didn't think we'd get to a quantum level, and, and, and he actually uh, left the universe incomplete, unfinished. And so I like to think then that these paranormal entities are actually exhibit the really existing universe insofar as they exemplify the fissures, the gaps, the voids that are actually part of the universe, that there is no kind of opposition between uh, uh, the paranormal entities and what really exists, but rather that they are truly part of the objective reality of the universe. <laughs> That's an interesting perspective. I would say that 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 wouldn't be possible, because if there's things that are left out of the universe, then they're not by definition, part of our universe. And therefore, if they came into existence, they would be in a universe unto themselves as opposed to ours. Otherwise, they would have been there all along. But 
I mean, now we're getting kind of out on a limb with all of this. Something that I've often thought is that if we've got something that is a physical objective reality, say we have alien visitors from some other place, if they have the ability to make themselves appear to be anything they want, similar to the way that we're developing our technology now with such things as active camouflage, where we can create projections that look entirely believable and real, at, at least at some distance of pretty much anything we want, they could be doing the same thing and probably better than we are. So they could say, if you want to talk about Sasquatch, they could be projecting some image of some large ape-like creature, some sort of a hominid lumbering through the forest. And we wouldn't know that it's not real, but they could be studying our reaction to it to see how we behave, to see what we think of it, to see how we interpret it. Same thing with angels or demons or unicorns or any other number of paranormal phenomena that perhaps seem real when they're observed, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are. And that would also explain a lot of the missing evidence, that missing physical evidence, because really, there isn't any. All that's there is people's experience. I, I'm a coast-to-coast listener, and often uh, people come on talk about kind of conspiracy theories or and, and the way in which uh, holographic technologies are used. I think uh, similar to what you're saying is um, there can be the, the bending of space and time to create these visual kind of mass hallucinations of an event. I think that that's an interesting uh, take. I mean, it's such a massive field, this realm. But one, one thing I, I recall here is during uh, the, the Bigfoot investigation at Chihalis Lake, they set up this giant 72-inch TV screen on a truck. They angled it towards the uh, opposite side of the valley, and they played, uh, I think it was the Blue Planet, this kind of nature documentary with various uh, animals, sea creatures, and so on. And, and what they wanted to do was to pique the interest of Sasquatch, to uh, kind of lure Sasquatch with these strange creatures, just to avoid a kind of uh, falling into the trap of, oh, the investigators have shown up again, they're going to do that. They're, they're really keen on uh, using uh, visuals, uh, in this case, the giant TV screens, to create something different that may uh, uh, stir the Sasquatch. Very interesting. Now, we know that there is some correlation between Sasquatch and UFO sightings. So let's suppose the Sasquatch is a projection of an alien cultural geographer. That would be really interesting from their point of view to look down at the people on the truck with the great big TV screen because they would be saying, well, look at this. Instead of going out and, and looking for tracks, they brought a big screen TV and backed it onto the lake. I find that actually kind of amusing. You know, the dilemma of how do we separate ourselves from the reality that we're observing. But often, uh, I think this is the, I mean, I'm not a physicist here, but the the Heisenberg uncertainty principle or something, which is that scientists have observed that our observations actually influence uh, objective reality, that you can't separate the two. You know, thinking about what does Sasquatch want? What is their motive? Who are they? Are they a projection? Are they being controlled by uh, wider forces? Before the aliens arrive. Let's, we have something else that's going to arrive here. And then we'll get back with Paul Kingsbury, Gene Steinberg, J. Randall Murphy. You're in the Paracast. Thank 
you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Are you afraid to go to the mailbox because of letter after letter from the IRS? Are they stacking on more and more penalties and interest? By now, you know the problem won't go away on its own. Don't let the IRS chase you to your grave with penalties and interest and liens and levies. You need real help now. I'm Dan Pilla. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I helped thousands of people solve tax problems they thought couldn't be solved. I can help you too. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. danpilla.com. Ever wonder how Bitcoin and Ethereum were created? Vercel Media has helped hundreds of companies and individuals make their own cryptocurrency. Decentralized blockchain solutions are making the world more transparent and giving power back to the people. Vercel Media has helped companies raise tens of millions in the past year alone, structuring and marketing ICOs to the thirsty crypto public worldwide. Don't miss the cryptocurrency revolution. Visit VercelMedia.com. V-E-R-C-E-L Media.com. For USA Radio News, I'm Wendy King. Brett Kavanaugh now has one of the most important jobs in the country. By a vote of 50 to 48, the Senate has confirmed him as a United States Supreme Court justice. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell says the Democrats' anger at Kavanaugh will only help in next month's election. Uh, Our base is uh, fired up. We finally discovered the one thing that would fire up the Republican base, and we didn't think of it. The other side did it. Maine Republican Senator Susan Collins says her key decision vote yes was a hard one. It certainly ranks right up there. There's no doubt about it. There have been other very difficult decisions, but this was a tough one. 164 people were arrested in Washington, D.C. protests. Justice Kavanaugh begins work on the Supreme Court immediately. You're listening to USA Radio News. Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for a free pickup. 800-280-2144. Call right now. That number again is 800-280-2144. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over six years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey Guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System.
system today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $231, and the Berkey Guy will ship your order free of charge. With the purchase of a Berkey light, the Berkey Guy is also offering a set of fluoride and arsenic filters for only $39.99. That's over 30% off the retail price. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So do the aliens have anything to do with Sasquatch? I mean, these are phenomena, whatever they are. They're certainly uh, being experienced by numerous people. You know, the world is finite. You've got Roswell uh, on the same landmass as, uh, you know, Bigfoot territory in the Northwest. You've, uh, so there's a proximity there for sure. But again, I, I, I like uh, people's, how people get caught up in these experiences. And I think it, it, it's similar with, you know, belief systems. Uh, again, the geography is a great story of how the, the Romans, ancient Romans, you know, they build these aqueducts towering aqueducts and on top out of view they would they would construct the statues of the gods like to uh, kind of uh, give thanks to praise the gods but the irony is that you couldn't see the statues from below they were a pure kind of gesture towards the the other gods this uh, gazing down upon them and i think our relationship to the aliens uh, the sasquatches you know when you go on these investigations you don't necessarily hear the ghosts or, you know, there's a, often a silence in the darkened room with the flickering gadgets and so on. You're sat in the truck with the, the darkness and the drizzle around you during the expeditions. And so you're very much communing with or hoping to commune with something that uh, isn't manifestly there. And so there's a yearning towards the, the other side to the, to the void. When you're talking about the other side, that this is a common belief that there is some sort of an afterlife. Now, the best that I can figure it, that that's not really possible in the sense that we as people, as persons, somehow can cease to exist here, our bodies die, our brains die, and that in some other realm are reborn or they we re-emerge and that those beings, those entities are the same person that left. That doesn't seem to be able to be possible in any way, shape, or form. The best it seems to be is that even if there is an afterlife, that the person in the afterlife is a copy of some kind, and not a very good one, because they have no physical structure, and most of our identity is composed of our physical structure, what we look like, how tall we are. Our very DNA identifies us as persons. Where does that go, and how does it become extant on the other side in any way that could be said to equate to the same person that left? Well, I'm reminded of uh, something my parents told me. So my dad was, uh, you know, shaving one morning at home. And then he felt, he told me, the family, he had this incredible warmth, uh, sense of love, light in his heart. And he heard this voice 
which he instinctively knew was his mother's voice saying, it's going to be okay. And what made this uh, unusual, particularly unusual, was uh, that his mother, my grandmother, died several weeks after my dad was born. So he had never really uh, her, her voice in a, in a way that he could recognize. And then later on in that day, after he finished the shave and he had this encounter, uh, he, he learned that his dad died in Ireland. And he, he's told me this story. And, uh, you know, if anyone has a distaste for uh, hoaxes and messing about, it's my dad. Uh, and so uh, my mother, you know, she uh, encountered her. Her mother sat on a bed one, one night after she went to the bathroom and... Uh, What's curious to me is the ubiquity of these impossible happenings or these strange things going on. Death, of course, is the great unknown. It's the threshold, the limit of what we have. Again, it's almost an impossible task to prove what it means or if there's life after death or not. But I think what you're saying is entirely possible, like many other takes on it. And I think this is one of the beauties of life. I don't disagree or disbelieve that people have experiences. I've had enough myself that I certainly know that this exists. And I've heard other similar stories to the one that you just told. So my interpretation of it is that these people are experiencing something and they're interpreting it in a way that leads them to believe that it is what they believe it is rather than what it actually is. Because there's no logical way it can be what they think it is. But it, it really feels good to believe that that's what it is. And if it's any kind of test for us, it's how gullible we are to believe that what we're experiencing at the moment is necessarily what it seems to be. I think it's actually much stranger and mm -hmm. very different from what people actually believe it is on the surface. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. because. You know, say we solve or get to the bottom of, say, crop circles, for example, and, and we uh, find out what's causing them, we understand them. Uh, and even, say, with the ghost, UFO, Sasquatch mystery, it, it won't be long before the, there's another mystery that, that occurs or another kind of uh, phenomenon that we haven't uh, understood. And so there's always going to be an element of the paranormal in, in the future as well. Well, I imagine you must have taken into account the views of the skeptics and the evidence that they have that shows quite clearly that most crop circles are created by people there. That's just the way that it is. The few that aren't, well, we're not sure how to explain them, but it's that residue that we're interested in when it comes to the paranormal. Of course, there's numerous human-made hoaxes and so on, but there are a significant number that have no claimed authorship, so there's a absent presence of the producers here. Many of the, the enthusiasts say that you know when they are, when they are pushed, these people who claim to have made them, they uh, they can't reproduce these uh, these features. And again, it's all part of that kind of mystery and uh, and the delight of the phenomenon. Right. We could theorize, I imagine, on how something like that could be produced. I think with today's technology that. It could be produced, pretty much any of them, no matter how complex they were. That still doesn't explain the residue of some of the other paranormal things that have happened that just seem to be beyond us, particularly with the UFOs. Sort of a large, hairy, ape-like creature, well, that's something that we know exists already. It just is not known to exist 
here where it's seen and it's it's a little bit different in terms of his behavior and appearance and so on but at least we know something like that exists and is here mm-hmm. ufos on the other hand we don't have one that we know of in the hands of the public and yet we get radar tracks from them we've we got infrared camera tracks of them we have numerous numerous witnesses and and official government studies for years on these far more than the uh the Bigfoot, or even the ghost hunting, when you get back into looking at, say, all the way from Project Sign up through Blue Book and onto even the, all of the civilian groups afterwards. Yeah, they, I'm really interested in the uh, the New York Times piece uh, by Leslie Keen and, and others on uh, documenting the Pentagon's, you know, funded research into uh, these UAPs. Have you seen the, the YouTube videos on, on that article? Oh, absolutely. Some of the best is the interviews with the pilots who not only captured them on their equipment, but saw them with their own eyes. That is really interesting. If you look at those interviews, you go, okay, there's there's no way that this is a hoax. This is somebody who's definitely got credentials. It was more than just that pilot that saw it. And it just seems very believable. If the whole thing is a hoax, then it's been expertly orchestrated by the government. And I I just personally don't believe it. Yeah, there's considerable debate amongst ufologists about, you know, the Tic Tac uh, craft. Uh, there's, you know, there's uh, the Nimowitz uh, aircraft carrier one, and then there's uh, another sighting, recorded sighting off uh, the eastern seaboard. In, right, the so fast one. Yeah, debates about, you know, it looks like another heat thermal signature of a plane. Uh, this one is, is definitely a... Uh, probably a plane, but the other one, on the other hand, the Nimowitz is a, is a different kind of entity. So again, it, it's uh, amongst the, the researchers, there's considerable debate. We got one more segment with Paul Kingsbury with Gene and Randall. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com.
Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Hear that? That's the sound of a house being trashed while a gang of thieves ransack the place. And what they don't steal will be destroyed. This year, resolve not to be the next victim of a break-in. Go to faketv.com and discover a device that creates the illusion someone inside is watching TV, even when you're miles away. Security is a mindset, and Fake TV should be part of your security solution. Be vigilant, but not fearful. Faketv.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-667-9035. 800-667-9035. That's 800-667-9035. It's a no-brainer. A Big Berkey water filter is the one you need, period. You need a water filter that removes chlorine, fluoride, pharmaceuticals, BPA, and other endocrine disruptors, pesticides, bacteria, viruses, and much more, right? And does it all at only two cents per gallon. Get the original most trusted name in gravity water filtration, Big Berkey. And now GCN listeners receive 5% off ceramic filter systems using code GCN. Call or click 1-877-99-BERKEY or BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. All right, let's continue, Randall. Have you run across, or have you, uh, in your preliminary findings, noticed any commonalities, a thread that runs between all of these various paranormal phenomena and the people and the cultures that you could say is significant that you would really want to draw our attention to. Yes. And that would be that all of the investigators have had a life changing experience, often quite intense in terms of a a kind of shift towards their orientation to the world and other people. 
and uh, also kind of they they've become inspired or driven to find out what happened to them and to share this with other people and although some people you know they they're obviously not in the investigation group some people uh, will just want to forget what happened to them will repress it will don't want to know about it and will will not speak about it so there's you know a, a case of brothers they both uh, witness a, a ufo one of them became an important figure in a UFO organization, uh, but his brother uh, did, didn't want to talk about it again. So the people's responses to these uh, paranormal uh, encounters can be quite different. But in terms of the investigators, an, an utter uh, shift orientation in their lives, and in many ways, I would say for the better. What brought you into this study? Why, what interests you personally the most? Uh, earlier on, I was telling Jean, uh, you know, I grew up in southwest England in Gloucester, which was uh, a neighboring county, Gloucestershire to Wiltshire, which was home to the crop circle. So I was uh, proximate to, uh, you know, a seasonal occurrence of something mysterious. You know, I enjoy ghost stories, mysteries. Um, you know, I got tenure in 2011 and I wanted to uh, in- in- engage in a project that uh, could maintain my interest. My kryptonite as a researcher is is getting bored with with my work. If I'm writing something, it has to be uh, interesting, otherwise it, it's uh, <laughs> drudgery. <laughs> so uh, I spoke to a colleague about my idea of looking into paranormal investigators, and he he actually had experience uh, national level in Canada reviewing the grant submissions. And he said that many academics, when they're going through these uh, reams of paper, piles of these grants, it, it can be quite boring. And then he said, yeah, you should totally go for, try the UFOs. It would really interest a, a committee who, who adjudicates which grants support uh, gets uh, funding. And that emboldened me to spend an entire summer crafting the grant and uh, you know, making sure it wouldn't get shot down. I was very forthright in saying I'm not trying to prove or disprove the phenomenon. Uh, but I, I also think it's important for academics to not sideline the paranormal as a, as a you know, in, in a way, as simply a cultural or, you know, a, a kind of oddity in society. But to take seriously, it's, uh, there's been a mainstreaming of the paranormal and there's been a a democratization of paranormal investigations. People, you can uh, order online ghost investigation kits. You can attend uh, con- UFO conferences and so on. So this is what was once considered taboo, uh, certainly extraordinary, is now quite commonplace in terms of these uh, sites which you in- can engage in a in a paranormal investigation. It must give you a real sense of satisfaction to be part of that process, then. Yeah, I, I feel uh, one thing I didn't expect about the research was how supportive the investigators have been. So when I my first activity was uh, to go to a UFO conference, and I went to a one-day boot training camp for, for field investigators. We learned about interview techniques, photo interpretation, and towards the round about midday, I. I, I came out, as it were, as a researcher, and uh, I wasn't sure about how they would receive me, if they would uh, be somewhat distant towards me, but uh, they embraced the the research. Uh, you know, I think I 
uh, give the investigators a, a certain amount of legitimacy, credibility. People like yourselves are kind of intrigued at an academic studying this stuff. And so as the years have gone by, it's gone, you know, become a collaborator with these folks and trying to help them, you know, be that carrying equipment <laughs> during an investigation or being part of the, the calling out to Sasquatch or ghosts. You know, I want to help the investigations too. And so, you know, slowly over the years, I've uh, accepted, well, hang on, I I have I am uh, immersed in this stuff, and uh, but not as as a as a threat, I think, to my my research. But uh, it's 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 been more enjoyable and actually intriguing than I thought it would be. So your study, a critical study of the lived spaces of organizations and conferences. Yeah. In that study, if there was say one or two top points that you want to highlight in your study that you've come up with so far, what would they be? Uh, in terms of take-homes of uh, research findings? Yeah, say if you were doing your summary of this study and a critical study of the lived spaces of organizations and conferences, what would be, say, the, the top three points you'd like to, to hit home with? Yeah, I think, number one, uh, people get involved in these things because they've, they themselves have had an extraordinary, uh, what they would consider, paranormal experience. Two, that this experience was such that they wanted, passionately wanted to understand it. And the way they could best understand it would be to collaborate, join like-minded groups who uh, themselves have shared these experiences. Three, the, the panel investigations, uh, the people who conduct them are not uh, crackpot, they're not you know, kind of uh, dogmatic believers. They also experience with themselves doubt about the phenomena, about what it is. Uh, they, uh, like uh, many people, they have a, a sense of humor about what they're doing. They're reflective on what they're doing. They, uh, again, they're not uh, headstrong about what they're doing. There's a, there's a kind of... Uh, I would say healthy skepticism towards what they're doing as well. So, you know, that there are three point three points I, I would like to forefront, certainly in terms of the people themselves. The other aspect, uh, Gene and Randall, is you know, the actual geography of this. And I'm I'm gonna start writing a book uh, next fall when the project's over, and I wanna consider the the nature of the paranormal, particularly in terms of the the spaces that it occurs in, not simply in terms of the regions, but also the very uh, bending, twisting, and folding of space, uh, which I think is is part of what the phenomena is, certainly what the investigations are. Sounds fascinating. We're just about out of time. I enjoyed just, just listening to you and Randall talk back and forth. I think Randall regrets his computer decided to, shall we say, have a few hiccups. But that's what the computers are here for, Paul. Can you tell uh -huh. our listeners if they want to know more about the things you do, where do they go? Yeah, I'm more than happy for uh, your listeners to contact me on email. Uh, it's my last name, Kingsbury, at sfu.ca. And again, when will this be finished? Yeah, so the, uh, the fieldwork ends next uh, summer, and then I will embark on uh, writing a book, uh, which is tentatively entitled uh, Investigating Paranormal Investigators. Uh, my plan is to publish it with the University of Nebraska Press. 
Well, you know, we deserve some investigation, don't we, Randall? Where can we find you? At ufopages.com. And you can find us on Twitter. If you look for the Paracast, we'll have announcements of the show there. I'm not a super Twitter user. I don't tweet so much because other people have supplanted that. You know how that goes. So I don't tweet as much as I should. We're also on Facebook. We have two official Paracast channels. But the big thing we want to offer you is the Paracast Plus. It's the best way to support the Paracast. And in order to join, you just have to check out the information at plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. Prices are just $1.49. You get the exclusive after the Paracast podcast. You get this show free of the network ads. And not just in response to people on YouTube who say we have commercials every two minutes. I don't know where they get that idea. Paul Kingsbury, actually you came as a huge surprise to me because I see you're just so well-versed in what's going on in our paranormal world, and we look forward to having you back again. Thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thanks very much, Gene, and uh, thanks also to you, Randall. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.